you this evening as we thank God again for a wonderful day for this time that he has ordained that we be together for the study of his word. We are going to open our study with the word of prayer. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Father, we come to you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for bringing us together today to look into the mirror of your word. We pray that by your Holy Spirit, you will speak to us to enlighten us, O oh God, and empower us to be doers of your word. We thank you for meeting, with, meeting us, O oh Lord, at our point of need and helping us to become more and more established in your light that dispels the darkness and to be established in truth that gives us the victory. With hearts lifted and surrendered to your Lordship, we ask that you have free course in us for the glory of your holy name and for our own rejoicing. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Well, tonight, our study is about flying above the storm. Amen. Flying above the storm. We are going to open up with a scripture from Isaiah chapter 40 and starting with verse 28 all the way to 31. Hallelujah. Hast thou not known and hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the heavens and the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary, there is no searching of his understanding. He giveth power to the faint, and to them that have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles, they shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Hallelujah. Praise God. So tonight, as we look, we are looking at the subject of flying above the storm. We see here that we as believers, the word of God tells us that we can mount up with wings as eagles. Hallelujah. And what happens when we do, we are told that we shall run and not be weary and we shall walk and not faint. Amen. How do we wait upon the Lord so that we can mount up with wings as eagles? Well, the book of Joshua chapter one, 
And verse eight gives us the answer here. Joshua chapter one and verse eight. It says, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous and then thou shalt have good success. Amen. Hallelujah. Notice that Joshua is told by the Lord that he shall meditate on the law of the Lord. Another word for the word of God is the law of the Lord. And what should he meditate on? It should be, he should be meditating on that law, on the word of God. So he is told that meditation on the word of God will cause him to come to a place that where he is able to observe, to do the word, amen? And in doing so, he will make his way prosperous and he shall have good success, hallelujah. The process of meditation is one that results in the word of God being established inside of us, amen? And the process involves the word bringing illumination to us, bringing light, revealing to us what the mind of God is about this particular thing or word that we are meditating on. Hallelujah. And when that happens, when revelation knowledge clicks inside of us, then we have light Amen. There is so much illumination, understanding of where God is taking us with what he is revealing, that this becomes established, it becomes part of us. Amen. So the Lord told Joshua that he needed to meditate, not once in a while, but day and night. Praise God. He says, so that you may observe to do according to all that is written therein. So we see that in order to become a doer of the word, meditation is an essential part of we must do as believers. Amen. You see, it is in the presence of God that we receive all that God has for us. Actually, Psalm 16 and verse 11 tells us so. Psalm 16 says, in thy presence, there is fullness of joy. And at thy right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. Amen. Hallelujah. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. Where do we have fullness of joy? In God's presence. And in, he says, and in your right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. Why? Because the presence of God is where the, the, the image 
of God, his plans, his will, who he is, his nature, amen, is revealed to us, praise God. And by God revealing himself to us, we know that whatever follows will be good. So then we know that there will be joy, that there will be pleasures, hallelujah, that will follow because again, God and his word are one. So wherever the presence of God is manifested, it is also a manifestation of the word of God in our lives. Amen. Everything happens inside of God. And God is living in us. Hallelujah. So we cannot have good things in life. We cannot become all that God has created us to be outside of his presence. Everything must be in him. Acts 17 and verse 28 says this. It is, it is in him that we live, in him that we move and have our being. Hallelujah. So we see that everything has to be in him. Um, I believe 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 20 says that in him are all the promises of God. Yes and amen. In him. Hallelujah. So you see, in the process of spending time in the word, in the process of meditating on the word, we can come to a place where we are so strengthened through the word of God, through his indwelling presence, that despite whatever storm comes our way, we can keep climbing higher and higher. Amen. And what do I mean by climbing higher? I'm speaking about this revelation knowledge that the word of God is imparting to us. Amen. Reveals to us things about God's plans, God's mind, God's will concerning us, concerning this very thing we may be uh, talking to him about, hallelujah. And that fills us, the meditation, the the result of that meditation, which is um, revelation, it fills us with peace and joy, hallelujah. And that enables us to focus on God's word, on God's, what God has revealed rather than focus on whatever may be attacking us. You see, Romans chapter 15 and verse 13 says this. It says, may the God of hope fill you with all peace and joy in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. You see in here, in this verse, God is called the God of hope. Hallelujah. And what is he going to fill us with? Peace and joy in believing. In believing what? In believing his word. In believing what he has revealed to us. Amen. And when that happens, then whenever we hear from God, we see what he has for us, then a hope has been created in us. Amen. Our hope is the revealed word that has been illuminated in our heart, that has been revealed to us. Amen. And because of that, then we see the good that God is doing 
then we are filled with peace. The force of peace invades our soul. The force of joy invades us, hallelujah, and causes us, causes us to abound in hope, in, in, in what God has shown to us. We abound in it, hallelujah. It, it also, it's called our earnest expectation. We learn to expect what God has revealed to us by the power of the Holy Spirit. So we see that the operation of the Holy Spirit is at work, amen. And it's filling us with peace, with joy, and with his own power to enable us to abound in that which he has revealed to us, which is our hope, amen. And that is why I spoke about climbing higher and higher, because when we have seen or and heard from God, then we cannot be discouraged. Amen. That's the way that we do not allow, allow ourselves to be discouraged. We wait upon the Lord until whatever it is, breakthrough comes. Amen. Rather, what we do is we let the word fill us with hope. And then like planes, we fly above the storm. The storm is not able to keep us down because we have heard from the most high God. Amen. There is no place that the enemy can take us, which is higher than where the most high God lives. And if the most high God takes us to a certain place in him, then Satan cannot get there. Hallelujah. Praise God. In John chapter 16, we are going to read verses 32 and 33. Praise God. It says, behold, the hour cometh, yea. And by the way, this is Jesus speaking, amen. And he says, behold, the hour comes, yea, now is now come that you shall be scattered every man to his own and you shall leave me alone. And yet I am not alone because the father is with me. These things I have spoken unto you that in me, you shall have peace. In the world, you shall have tribulations, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Amen. Hallelujah. You see, Jesus says, you're about to leave me alone, but I am really, I'm not alone. Why? Because the father is always with me. Hallelujah. And then he says that in this world, we are going to have tribulations, but he wants us to be of good cheer. Why? Because he says, I have overcome the world. Amen. You see, the same way that Jesus knew that he was not alone, that the father was with him, and therefore he was able to go to the cross and, and do the cross, praise God, and fulfill his mission. The same way, when we make God our dwelling place, hallelujah. Then when the enemy comes, we too, like him, can be of good cheer because we know that we are never alone, that God is with us. Jesus is with us, hallelujah. The Holy Spirit is with us. And that is what helps us to walk head high in faith, knowing that we do not need to fear, need to fear, amen. We must deal with the enemy without being afraid of him. Praise God. Over and over in, script, in scripture, we keep hearing uh, this 
uh, repeating, being repeated to us, fear not, fear not. This is a constant theme in scripture. Fear not, hallelujah, praise God. Isaiah chapter 54 and verse 14 says this. It says, in righteousness, you shall be established. You shall be far from uh, oppression for you shall not fear and from terror for it shall not come near thee. Amen. Hallelujah. So what we are told, we are told here that we are once when we are established in righteousness, what righteousness does, it, it makes us in right standing with God. Therefore, we don't owe the enemy anything. He doesn't have anything that he can hold against us. Therefore, we need not fear. We shall be far from oppression. We shall be far from terror. It shall not come near us. Hallelujah. Why? Because we are established in righteousness. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse 21 tells us that we have been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. We are the righteousness of God. So Satan cannot lay anything on us to cause us to fear him, to run in terror. He does. He cannot. He doesn't have that right. He has been defeated already. Hallelujah. And therefore, we are the ones who are more than conquerors through Jesus Christ, who has loved us, still loves us, and has given his life for us. Amen. Therefore, whenever we are, we have to approach any kind of warfare, we need to do it from a positive attitude. Amen. From a, a position of victory, knowing that we are, have already won in Christ Jesus. Amen. That's our position. And because of that, we we are programmed as a new creation in Christ to learn how to fly high inside of God rather than flapping like a chicken. Amen. We are called to fly high like the eagle and not flap like chickens. We are called, as in Isaiah told, told us here in Isaiah 40, we just read that in verse 30, we are called to mount up with wings as eagles. Amen. Praise God. So what must our determination be? It must be to be like the eagle and to mount up like the eagle. You see, to climb requires effort. And I know we all, that, that we all know that, you know, going up requires effort. Try to walk up a stairway versus going down. You'll, you, you see that gravity is trying to weigh you down. Well, the, the, the world and its system and the enemy and his cohorts are trying to weigh us down. Amen. However, we have been given the power to soar high in the spirit realm. Praise God. So propelled by the spirit of the living God, we can climb higher and higher despite any storm and keep going. And like a plane, 
we, we can fly. Amen. Spiritually, we can fly. We, like I said, we don't flap like a chicken under the weight of gravity and the storm, but we in Christ, but as we are propelled by the Holy Spirit, we can defy gravity and defy the storm, hallelujah, and soar. Like the eagle flies above the storm, we can do so. And we must also, in that process, learn to deal with our enemy and not be afraid of him. As we saw in John 16, uh, 16 hallelujah, he says, in this life, you shall have tribulations, but be of good cheer. Why? Because you can, he's telling us that you can overcome in me. Hallelujah. So dealing with the storms of life is essential. And when we learn to do it God's way, we, 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 are, we are taught how to deal with trouble. We are taught how to deal with suffering. We are taught how to deal with responsibility. Amen. You see, because with the opportunity that we are given as believers, and actually every opportunity actually that we receive in life for advancement, there will always come opposition to the purpose that God has for us. And God knows the plans that he has for us. Amen. And he gives us a vision of it. He gives us a vision of this purpose. Amen. And um, as I said, this purpose is our earnest expectation in order that we may know, hallelujah, his plan, his heart towards us. So we can agree with it and be expecting what he himself has in his heart for us. That is why he gives us that vision. That is why he says to us in Jeremiah 29 and verse 11, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, not of evil, but of good to give you a future, to give you an expected end. So God gives us this vision as we spend time with him, as we wait upon him, as we meditate on his word of what he has in his heart, of the thoughts that he thinks towards us. Hallelujah. So that we can see it, we can agree with it, and we must also be expecting it. Amen. Nothing can happen without that vision. Amen. In other words, we cannot be reaping things that, that we are not expecting from God. He wants us to expect them. Amen. So um, this is why it's so important, you know, the, the, our vision, what we see. Uh, Proverbs 29, 18 says this. It says, where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. When the Lord gave Jeremiah, called Jeremiah, even, you know, as, as a young boy, 
one of the things that he asked him very early on, he says, Jeremiah, what do you see? Amen. What do you see? It's important for us to see, praise God, because God has a purpose for us. And so um, we, we have to understand that although we all have a purpose, but not everyone fulfills his purpose. And it's not because God doesn't want us. Actually, God is yearning for us to become all that he you know, wants us to be and to have all that he has for us. Amen. But one lesson that he wants us to learn is that though there will be adversity coming our way, that we, do, we should not lose our purpose in the midst of adversity. We all know that the enemy comes to, to do three things, to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But God's purpose is the total restoration of men. Amen. God wants nothing left undone because he's already paid it all. It is paid in full. He has paid the price for everything. Amen. That the enemy had stolen and any things present, past, and future. He paid the price for it all. Hallelujah. And Jesus himself said, he said that concerning his work, he says, I have completed the work that my father gave me to do. Actually, in speaking to his father, he says that I have completed the work that you gave me to do. Hallelujah. So when, if we know that, then we should embrace the work of the cross. We should embrace the purpose that God has for us and become people of purpose, people who fulfill our purpose. And yes, that will take diligence, amen. That will take pursuing what God has for us, amen. But one thing we have to remember is that God is faithful. Amen. And when we show ourselves diligent, we will experience the rewards of diligence because the Bible tells us that God rewards the diligent. Amen. Let's go ahead and contrast um, a couple of scriptures here. Uh, I would like to, to, to look at first at Proverbs chapter 24. Amen. Proverbs 24, and I'm going to read from verse 30 to verse 34. I went by the field of the slothful and by the vineyard of the man void of understanding. And lo, it was all grown over with thorns and nettles and had covered the face thereof and the stone wall thereof was broken down. Then I saw and considered it well. I looked upon it and received instruction. Yet a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep, so shall thy poverty come as one that traveleth and thy want as an armed man. Amen. What does this verse, ver, do these verses tell us? That 
essentially that laziness, the failure to act, that is being a doer of what God tells us to do, what happens? It leads to poverty. It leads to failure. Amen. It says, and thy want will come as an armed man. It means it's going to overtake you as a robber would show up in front of you with a gun and you, there is nothing you can do. It's going to take over you, take over your house. Amen. And lead you where? To poverty. Thy want. It is thy want. The, 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 the lack that you're going to experience is going to take over your life. However, let's contract this with Proverbs chapter 22 and verse 29. It says, seeth thou a man diligent in his business, he shall stand before kings, he shall not stand before mean men. Hallelujah. Now, what picture does that paint to us? For me, I see here the picture of a successful person, one who has reached his potential or his purpose. Amen. And he is successful to the point where the Bible says that he shall not stand before mean men, but where is he going to stand? Before kings. He's going to be promoted. He's going to be put in position, in a position of influence. Amen. And so uh, God has positions of influence for each and every one of us, because you see, we are all called to excel in whatever God has given us. We are supposed to lead in whatever area God has gifted us with. Hallelujah. And so the, God tells us that we indeed can reach our full potential. Praise God and be satisfied and be successful. And that means that when we reach our full potential, we have reached our full purpose. Praise God. Uh, Hebrews chapter six and verse 11 says this. He says, and we desire that every one of you do show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end. Hallelujah. This is, uh, you know, powerful, this scripture here. You know, the Lord is telling us that when we, you know, when we show the diligence that we are called to and we hold on to this assurance of hope that he has placed in our heart. Amen. That good things are going to happen because it's a full assurance of hope and God's hope is always good. The hope will materialize in our life, but he says that we have to do it unto the end. Hallelujah. And so we shouldn't be people who start something and we just quit. We give up. Rather, we have to make sure not to be defeated by problems. We have to learn to discipline ourselves in adversity. And when I say disciplining, I'm speaking about training ourselves how to think. Amen. Thinking the thoughts that, you know, God tells us we must think upon. Philippians chapter 4 and verse, verse, verses actually 6 through 8 
tells us how we are supposed to handle these matters. We are supposed to think about what is good, what is pure, what is noble, what is worthy of praise. Hallelujah. Everything that is good is what our thoughts must be focused on. Our attitudes must be positive because we are filled with this hope that God has deposited in our heart of the good things that are going to happen. So why allow the negative dominate us? Rather, we have to be positive and we also need to discipline our appetites. You see, we cannot be desiring, you know, um, things that we know are contrary to God's will and plan for us. And so we discipline our thoughts, our attitudes, our appetites. We discipline our mouth, the words that come of our, of our mouth. Amen. We have to train our to speak the word of God and only the word of God, not what the world says, not what the enemy, the thoughts that the enemy is putting in our heart or in our mind. And, uh, you know, we have to discipline our actions. So it, all, all together, we are to be disciplined people. And we must make sure, uh, you know, to be like Jesus, who was, you know, when he was about to be arrested, and taken to the cross, he made a statement in John chapter 14 and verse 30. And he said there that the prince of this world comes, but he has nothing in me. Hallelujah. In other words, there's nothing of darkness in Jesus's life that the enemy can connect with. We can be these people, praise God, this type of person, just like Jesus, praise God. You know, it, it's interesting that scripture sometimes uses um, other aspects of God's creation, like an animal, like we just saw, like the eagle, that um, he told us that in Isaiah 40, that we can mount up with winged as eagles. And the Lord does that sometimes to teach us very important lessons in life. For example, just looking at the eagle, we can learn about commitment, we can learn about flying high and soaring above the storm. We can learn wisdom on where to build our nest. Amen. Obviously, our nest is quite different than what the nest of the eagle is, but it's still a nest. Hallelujah. We can glean from that. And we can learn about consistency. So, uh, for instance, in looking at uh, the eagle, a female eagle meets a male eagle, and let's say that they, they want to mate. So what does the female eagle, eagle do? She flies down to the earth and picks a twig and then flies back into the air with the male in eagle in hot pursuit of her. And once she has reached a height that is high enough for her, then she drops the twig and let it fall to the ground and sh while she's watching. And in the meantime, the male eagle chases after the twig and catches it before it reaches the ground. And then he brings it back to the female eagle. Well, what the female eagle does is the female eagle grabs the twig and flies to a much higher altitude and drops the twig again for the male eagle to chase after. And this 
you know, process or this chase goes on for hours with the height increasing each time the female eagle is, uh, you know, is comfortable with what she has observed. And when she gets to that place of assurance, then she knows that the male eagle has mastered the art of picking the twig and has shown commitment. In other words, he is pursuing her and it didn't matter how many times he had to go after that twig, but he kept after it. He kept after it and kept after it. And when the female eagle is satisfied of that, then and only then will she allow him to mate with her. So the lesson here for us is about commitment. It's being dedicated, it's being loyal, it's being unswerving. In other words, we are red hot, amen, which is the opposite of lukewarm. Um, for those of us who uh, had listened to the le lesson last week, remember we spoke about uh, what Jesus uh, said, actually his, his uh, letter to the church of Laodicea. And he told that church, in Revelation chapter three, verses 15 and 16, these are Jesus's word. He says, I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou were cold or hot. So then because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Hmm. Amen. You see, I believe that this means that once God has given us an assignment or has placed us somewhere, we are to focus on him and what he's expecting from us. For example, if he places us in somewhere, we are to stay in that place until he himself redirects us and moves us somewhere. We cannot be running away from every adversity. Anytime something happens that makes us unhappy, that we give up and run away. And the Lord wants us to know how to confront and how to fight. And, you know, there is a time, or actually even now, it's time for us to understand that sometimes going through the valley is part of the program. David says, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. Why? Because thou art with me. Amen. David knows that even in the valley, God has a, God has a plan for him. Amen. And the only way to be delivered from that adversity, from that situation, is to go through. You see, you see, in the end, when God looks at us, each one of us individually, he sees the other, the, 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 the many people, others, that he's going to use us to minister to, one way or another. 
Our lives are to be testimonies of the Lord himself. Hallelujah. And so to be to minister to others means that we are used by God. Hallelujah. To, to help bring them to that place of salvation that they need to be. To help to bring healing to them, to bring deliverance to them. So it also means that we ourselves have to learn to be confronted. In other words, to be changed. If we want others to change, we have to learn how first we need to, we have to change, amen, to be conformed to the image of Christ. And in the area of, um, let's say, ministering to others, there, you know, we have to think that this has two aspects, let's say. Uh, first of all, there are other gifts that God has given us, but there are also some things that we call fruits, praise God. And these are very important, praise God. They work, they, they work hand in hand. But what we have to realize is that gifts are given to us by God. However, fruits are developed. Amen. And developing fruits in our life speaks about personal growth. It talks about development, uh, you know, of our whole being, spirit, soul, body. It speaks about our equipping, praise God. And in order for us to be able to use the gifts that God had given us effectively to minister to others, we have to first develop fruits, amen, which means that we have to have, be partaking in this spiritual development and bearing fruits. Hallelujah. Praise God. And um, another important lesson that uh, we learn, amen, regarding commitment is that um, we have to, whether in private life or in business, we should test the commitment of the people we intend to partner with. Amen. Uh, that wisdom operating in us is a demonstration of what we read in the book of Proverbs, chapter 24, and verses 3 to 5. Let's go ahead and turn to that passage. Proverbs 24, verses 3 to 5. Through wisdom is a house builded, and by understanding it is established, and by knowledge shall the chambers be filled with all the precious and pleasant riches. A wise man is strong, yea, a man of knowledge increases strength. For by wise counsel thou shalt make thy war. Amen. Look at this. We are told that a wise man is strong. Amen. Hallelujah. You, again, as I mentioned, 
this about understanding the commitment of the people we intend to partner with. That, as I said, is wisdom operating in us. It's a demonstration of this passage of scripture we just read from Proverbs chapter 24. Amen. A wise man is strong, yea, a man of knowledge increases strength. Praise God. He says, for by wise counsel, you shall make thy war. It's essential for us to walk in wisdom because wisdom is strength. Wisdom enables us to fight effectively. Praise God. And um, the same uh, chapter here, Proverbs 24, we read in verse 10, it says, um, verse 10, if you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. Amen. So fainting on the day of adversity is evidence that we are weak. But God wants us wise. God wants us strong. Amen. So we must know the source of our strength. Hallelujah. Praise God. And so we see that commitment uh, in itself is a wonderful thing on our part, praise God. But we also have to have the wisdom to understand the commitment of others. Praise God, hallelujah. Especially if they are going to partner with us, amen. And so we learn from the eagle, this commitment that one has towards the other, praise God. You see, there is a passage of scripture for lack of time, we won't, have, we won't um, read the whole thing, but this is the prophet uh, Habakkuk who is, has been told by the Lord about an attack that is going to happen. And he's looking at the state of the nation of Israel. And this is what he says, starting with the verse 17 of, um, of chapter three. He says, though the fig tree does not blossom and there is no fruit on the vines, though the yield of the olive fails and the fields produce no food, though the flock is cut off from the fold and there are no cattle in the stalls, yet I will choose to rejoice in the Lord. I will choose to shout in exaltation in the victorious God of my salvation. Hallelujah. I'm reading from the amplified version here. And then in verse nine, he goes on to say, the Lord God is my strength, my source of courage, my invincible army. He has made my feet steady and sure like hinds feet and makes me walk forward with spiritual confidence on my high places of challenge and responsibility. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. What I wanted to, to uh, glean from actually this um, passage as it relates to our study is that the prophet says that he's going, is rejoicing in the God of his salvation. And you see the storms that's happening does not face him. As a matter of fact, there is so much lack. He talks about, he says, 
the fig tree is not, not blossoming. There are no fruits on the vine. Uh, the yield of olive you know, has failed and there is no food. I mean, there's just complete, complete lack here, no cattle. Everything is gone dry, amen. But yet the prophet says, I rejoice in the God of my salvation. And as a matter of fact, you know, the, he is pro propelled forward by God's, uh, you know, revelation to him that he is handling everything. Hallelujah. And the, the, the prophet doesn't allow himself to become in intimidated. Just like the eagle, he's moving forward. And if we look at this majestic bird, we note that the eagle uses the storm to fly higher. Amen. Uh, eagles love the storm. And so when clouds gather, the eagle gets excited. Um, he uses the storm wind to lift itself higher. And once it's find the wind of the storm, he, he uses this raging storm to lift itself above the clouds. So really what happens is that this gives the eagle an opportunity to glide and rest its wings. You know, in the meantime, during a storm, we see that all the other birds, what do they do? They go and hide in, in branches and leaves of trees. But the eagle rises above the storm. And what does the prophet do here? He rises above the storm by rejoicing in the Lord that propels him higher and higher. Hallelujah. And this, the lesson for us is that we must learn to use adversity as a stepping stone to higher ground. Amen. Because, you know, in this life, I know we know it, that we all will have challenges. Jesus called them tribulations. Amen. But remember, he said, we must be of good cheer. Why? Because he has overcome. He overcame for us. This means that we are to face our challenges head on, knowing that this will make us emerge uh, even stronger and better than before, bef in, before the storm, hallelujah. So we can use the storms of life to, to rise to greater heights. And this is how achievers, this is how overcomers, view the adversities of life, amen. They are not afraid to confront whatever adversity there is. They are not afraid to rise to greater heights and do whatever it takes to rise up, amen. They are not afraid of the challenges that might come their way. Rather, they relish them and they use them profitably, amen. And so, We've seen here some very important lessons that we can learn from the eagle, amen? And um, another lesson, if I can say, uh, actually that I can, yeah, that we can learn here is that when we are going through adversity, it's essential that we maintain our love walk during those difficult times. We are, you know, if we are learning how to soar, amen, on how to fly above the storm, this point is key, that 
during the storm, during the time of adversity, we have to learn how to maintain our love walk. And in other words, we have to learn to keep loving and keep helping others. We know that this is not the natural thing to do um, because the self or the flesh wants to concentrate on itself. And this is exactly where the enemy wants us to be so that he can use it against us. He, can, he, uses, us, he uses this to, be, to, to make us self-focused, amen? Um, and while we are being self-focused, he continues to bombard our mind with negative thoughts and causes us to grow weary and give up and withdraw. This is exactly what he wants. But rather, wisdom teaches us to the contrary, that we are to learn how to focus on others, on being a blessing to others in the midst of our own adversity. Amen. And like I said, this is not a natural thing that we, we do. We have to train ourselves to do these things. Hallelujah. Just think, for example, of uh, the example of Joseph in Egypt. Um, if, if he had been given, I mean, if he had given in to, to the troubles that he faced, to the suffering and to the disappointments, uh, neither him, the Egyptians, nor his family would have survived the famine. It was because of his faith in God and the vision he had received from God that he chose to keep, to maintain a positive attitude regardless of the trials. And what happened, we all know the end of the story, God used him by showing him what to do about the famine. So we see that as a result of his positive attitude and actions, God turned around for good what the enemy had meant for evil in Joseph's life. Hallelujah. And you see, in the Bible, over and over, we are, again, we are giving examples and instructions on what to do. For example, in 1 Peter, uh, Peter is writing to the believers uh, who were scattered and going through intense persecution. And he's encouraging them not to be surprised at the fiery ordeals that come their way, such as um, social ostracism, torture, and even death. That's how bad it was. Some of them were, many people were dying. Christians were dying for their faith. And so he calls them, Peter is calling them to entrust themselves to God and to have courage in the face of persecution. And he's urging them to imitate Christ. Amen. And so we read from 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 12 through 14. 1 Peter 4, 12 to 14. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened unto you, but rejoice in as much as you are partakers of Christ's sufferings, 
that when his glory shall be revealed, you may be glad also with exceeding joy. If you be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are you for the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. On their part, he is evil spoken of, but on your part, he is glorified. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now, what I'd like to do, uh, I would like to go ahead and go back to the two verses preceding um, verse 12, verses 10 and 11, because what is thought provoking there is the flow of the spirit in this passage. Amen. Let's go ahead. Verse 10. It says, as every man has received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Verse 11, if any man speak, let him speak as of the oracles of God. If any man minister, let him do it as of the ability which God giveth, that God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be praise and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Hallelujah. So what am I saying here? Well, first I read verses 12 to 14, and then I went back to verses 10 and 11. What, what we see here, actually, when I spoke of the flow of the Spirit, is that on one hand, in verses 10 and 11, God through Peter is instructing how to walk in love. And then immediately he instructs in verses 12 to 14 on how to rejoice when going through fiery trials. And then he sums that up in verse 19. And this is what he says. He says, wherefore let them that suffer according to the will of God, commit the keeping of their souls to him in well-doing as unto a faithful creator. Amen. So we see here that the word suffering is mentioned. Hallelujah. Suffering according to the will of God. And then he's talking also about in well-doing. Praise God. So the connection here. I believe, is that though we may be suffering, but the well-doing part that has been entrusted to us must continue. Those two are closely related. So in other words, I believe what it boils down to is that we have to maintain our love walk towards God and towards our neighbor in times of, especially in times of adversity. Amen. He talks about suffering according to the will of God. Amen. And the suffering can take many forms from, you know, just look at Paul, how, how you know, persecuted he was by others, by people, the, the, the way he suffered to the point where even being stoned, praise God, but he continued, he pressed on, hallelujah, loving others and fulfilling his mission in life. Praise God. So, you know, very importantly, we too, we have a mission, a vision that, uh, you know, we have to remain focused on no matter what the obstacles. And 
this is the only way to succeed. Just like the Bible tells us the men of Issachar, that they knew the times that they lived in and because of that, they knew what to do. And so, you know, we too must know the times that we live in, we must know what to do. And if we are to go back again to the eagle, amen, we learn that um, eagles have an accurate vision. They have the ability to focus on something as far as five kilometers away, no matter what the obstacle, the eagle will not move his focus from, let's say, his prey until he grabs it. And so we too, we have a vision and we have to remain focused no matter what the obstacles. And if we use a a, a biblical example, we see, for example, King David, who was called by God to be king over Israel, but he waited so many years, and he endured during that time great opposition before he became king. And the very first challenge he had was that he had to first defeat Goliath. And mind you, Goliath wasn't just any form of adversary. He was, that's why we call him a giant. He was something that the others could not even deal with. The whole army could not deal with. And here it is that David confronts the Philistines by going against Goliath and he defeats Goliath. A young young man when he did that, praise God. And then we see for many years how he had to keep honoring King Saul who did his best to kill David numerous times, but David knew how to fight the battle. He kept honoring this man. He kept, he said, do not touch God's anointed. When he had the opportunity to put an end to, you know, all this chasing that King Saul was was doing, pursuing David, trying to kill him. But David did, did everything God's way. Hallelujah. And because of that, he was soaring high in the spirit realm. So the question to us is now is, what is our Goliath? We too have to learn to defeat him. And when we speak about Goliath, we are not talking first and foremost about the enemy outside of us, but also I would say first and foremost, the enemies inside of us, because this is where we usually lose the battles, amen. So what are some of these enemies some of, these, some of those Goliaths that we are facing could be pride, could be fear. It could be low self-esteem or greed or envy, jealousy, uh, gossip, passivity, laziness. You know, the list goes on. But the question is, do you know yourself what you are facing? We must. If we want to succeed by the help of the Holy Spirit, we have to identify these things. The Bible tells us that we are to lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily besets us. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. And we are to run with patience the race that is set before us. Each one of us has a race 
that is set before us. We are to lay aside the weights that are holding us back. We are to set aside the sins that are besetting us and we are to run with patience, that race that God has set ahead of us. Hallelujah. And if I can make one more comparison with the eagle, we see that eagles not only fight against the storm, but they also fight against serpents who seek to destroy their nest, to eat the eaglets and to eat their eggs. So wisely, what does the eagle do? It builds its nest on a high rock where serpents cannot reach. Likewise, the enemy, our enemy, Satan and his cohorts, they go after immature, wounded baby Christians. But when we learn to submit ourselves to the Lordship of the Holy Spirit, there is no power that can quench God's promises in our lives. You see, God says to us that all things are possible to the one who believes. And so the Lord wants us to remain constant with him, constant in his eggs. I mean, in, its, in, in, in pursuing him, hallelujah, in his word. And the eagle has this thing about him also, consistency. As we saw earlier, we saw this commitment. Now we, we're speaking about consistency. Hallelujah. And it starts from very, very young. The little eaglet that's in the egg before he eats out of the egg, when the time comes for it to come out, for 48 hours nonstop, the eaglet will peck at the shell and keep pecking and keep pecking and keep pecking until this thing cracks open and it can come out. From inside the egg, this little thing alive knows what to do. And the question to us is if an eaglet inside an egg knows what to do to come out and live the life that he was created to live, how much more we who are God's children, we are made in the image of Christ, hallelujah. Should we continue fighting, seeking God, knocking, hallelujah, refusing to give in to the enemy, but like the eagle, put an effort to climb and fight against the storm when they arise so that we can mount them higher than the storm. Because you see, we too have a rock where we can build our nest. He is the rock of our salvation. And his name is Jesus Christ, our Lord and our savior. And we are to build our life on our rock. And as we do that, 
we will know how to use the storm as opportunities to go higher in him. Hallelujah. Praise God. So if we are going to make it in this life, let us learn to stand alone with him. The struggles that we experience will prepare us for the life of victory that God wants us to have. We will learn how to be disciplined in every area, how to be patient, how to endure like Abraham. The Bible tells us that after Abraham had patiently endured that he obtained the promise. Hallelujah. As we purpose to uh, understand what hard times are about, why God allows them. And as we learn to understand the importance of not running away, we position ourselves to know God for ourselves. Amen. You see, no one can know God for you. No one can carry you for too long. Even your pastor, however, you know, the greatest person they, they may be, they, they, you know, they can only do it for a while. Christianity is a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And God expect you, expect each one of us to know him intimately, know him for yourself and experience the power of his resurrection. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So let us purpose to break any bondage that is holding us back and to take up the sword of the spirit, hallelujah, which is the word of God that has been made alive in our, in our spirit through revelation, hallelujah. And let us embrace the fight of faith. We must know what is ours, we must refuse to live beneath our covenant privileges. Hallelujah. Our divine destiny is waiting. And the Lord is waiting. Hallelujah. So let us move forward and fly above every storm because the world is waiting for the Lord to be manifested through his people. That is you and me. Hallelujah. Let us pray. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we, we continue to praise you, Lord God, for, for who you are, for who you have made us in Christ Jesus. And we thank you, Lord God, for all the blessings that we have in him. Lord, we praise you for the grace that you give us, the wisdom and the ability to walk in the light of what you have done and continue to do through the ongoing ministry of your Holy Spirit in our lives. Thank you, Father, for teaching us to stand alone with you and to fly like the eagle above the storm. And as we take up Oh Lord, the sword of the spirit and embrace this fight of faith. We press forward with determination that nothing will hold us back 
oh God, no bondage will hold us back. And that we will strive for the best of what you have for us. And we will leave a legacy of influence in this world. We thank you for all that you have done and continue to do to manifest your glory in us and through us. So to you, O oh Lord, be all glory, be all honor and all praise in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Now may our God count us worthy of this calling and fulfill all the good pleasure of his goodness and the work of faith with power that the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in us and us in him according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. To him be glory now and forevermore. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God bless you. We thank you for joining us tonight and invite you to be with us again 